I'm Mary, and this is Talks with My Kids. Welcome back to Talks with My Kids. We are on episode seven. I, that sounds good. Uh, we are continuing with our arc of uh, discussing divorce, life after divorce, and everything that comes along with it. We are excited uh, to welcome our first guest. So, Mike, we'd like to welcome you to the podcast. Hi, listeners. Hi, fans. Um, Mike has been a very integral behind the scenes member of the production team since we started. So we're excited to welcome him to the mic and have some conversations with him. No pun intended. Get it? Maggie enjoyed that a lot. I know all the rest of you did too. So today, uh, having discussed in our last episode, uh, discussing divorce and everything that comes with it, something that I never expected to I have to deal with in my adult life, uh, dating again. So today we are talking about parents dating after divorce, which is something I went through with all three of these people, um, Ethan and Maggie, and also Mike, who I ended up dating about a year and a half after my marriage ended. And spoiler alert, uh, we got married. So um, it worked out. Mike, did you want to say something funny? It's going okay so far. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Mike and I have been married for almost two years, and uh, we have baby Louie now. So as he said, it's it's, it's going okay so far. Um, So just to go ahead and get started, um, as I said, I did not expect in my adult life to be at a point where I was dating and trying to navigate that scene. Um, I had never actually really had to do it uh, since I got married shortly after going to college. So It was definitely strange waters to enter into. And I think as someone who uh, finds themselves divorced, which is not something you ever expect to happen, uh, was definitely a strange world uh, because not only was there just trying to navigate dating in general, but also um, online dating, which is something my sister-in-law encouraged me to do. Um, She went to med school and had several friends who had been um, had been successful in finding their mates uh, through online dating. So I found the whole thing to be really weird and uncomfortable. I went ahead and tried it anyway. Um, I think also when you get divorced, you go through these periods of um, this is terrible. I am never getting in a relationship again. I'm totally happy on my own. I'm totally focusing on my kids. And then you go through these other weird times where you're like, oh, I've never been alone before. This is weird. I, I don't want to be alone. And I think that can change almost daily. So definitely was a weird time. I, as I said, decided online dating was not for me. I declared to my best friend that I was done with it, that this was an experiment that had failed uh, and that I was going to finish out my subscription for the month and then either move on to trying to meet people in more conventional means or just kind of, you know, being happy with where I was unless something occurred. And then of course, because this is how it happens the next day, I got a message 
um, from a guy named Mike. He seemed... Yes. A different guy. No, it was you. It was you. It was you. Um, and he, you know, used proper grammar, spelled everything correctly, you know, correct s- sentence structure. Ethan's <laughs> laughing, but that's kind of an important thing to me. No, like, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because that doesn't sound like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I grammar very good. So I said, okay. Again, emailed um, my best friend, Jesse, and said, okay, some guy just sent me a message, so I'm going to like start this whole process again, and I will just keep going until we get to the point where you know, I realize what's wrong with him and we can move on. And as I have joked since that time in like the four years that we've been together, I'm still waiting to figure out what's wrong with him. So you know, maybe one day I'll figure it out, but in the meantime, he's, he's pretty good, so... Thank you. You're welcome. Ethan and Maggie, we'll start with you. Obviously, at the age you were at um, about four years ago, you were not necessarily old enough for me to tell you of like my daily occurrences. And I did go on dates with people or see people and did not apprise you of this information. Um, after a couple months of dating Mike, I realized that it had potential, that there was something there, that it was probably going to be something more significant. And so I let you guys know, Hey, I'm dating someone. I'm not going to introduce you to him right now, but I just wanted to make you aware. You know, I was trying to split the difference between like sharing my life with you, but being age appropriate and parental appropriate. And Ethan, do you remember what your first response was to me or your first concern to me when I told you that I was dating someone? I mean, like, uh, like he was a criminal. (laughs) But what did you ask me if I had done? Background checked him. Yes. You asked me if I had background checked him. And funnily enough, what had I already done? Background checked him. Yep. I background checked him. So so he checked out. He did run a stop sign in college. So we had to discuss that. But (laughs) everything worked out. Um, Maggie, do you remember like initial impressions when I was like, hey, I'm dating someone. I'm not going to introduce you right away. But like. What what was the weirdness that you encountered, like having a mom that, you know, had spent kind of the past year, year and a half, like just being mom, whatever, like, and then I, suddenly I tell you like, hey, I'm out and about on the dating scene. I don't really remember how I felt, but like, I, I'm assuming I thought it was weird, but I also told you it was a requirement he needed to have a British or Australian accent. Right. And what is ironic about that statement now? Mike does really bad accents, and I need him to stop. <laughs> he, re- he really enjoys them. No, do not. Mike's leaning into stop. the microphone as if to suggest that he was going to share one of his bad accents with us, but we, we're, we're keeping... I'm not going to give you the mic if we're going to talk into an accent. I'm good on accents, got Please cut that out. Yeah. So, okay. So, time goes on. Um, Mike and I keep dating... And the point comes for me, and I think that this is really hard for parents trying to decide when is it the right time to introduce your kids to your significant other when you've been dating for a certain amount of time and you feel like you want to like fold them into your lives. You don't want it to be too soon, but you also have this like super great positive like thing in your life that you want to share with them. Okay, so in this interim period, Ethan and Maggie are aware of Mike. They haven't yet met him. Um, I'm trying to figure out, you know, 
when we're going to get to that point, if we're going to get to that point. In the meantime, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about you? You were single. You had not been married before. You did not have kids. We called you a unicorn. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about what you were thinking, where your head was at, or kind of the issues or things that you encountered dating someone who had kids who was for all intents and purposes, shielding you from those creatures and shielding them from you at the same time. Well, I just wanted to make sure that I was respecting the time that you did have with your kids. Um, you having them week on week off. Uh, I didn't want to intrude on that time because I knew you, you, it was very valuable to you. And, and I was pretty militant about, uh, from like date number two telling you that, okay, well, it's about time for my kids to come back. So I'm not going to see you this next week. Like I am only going to see you, see you every other week. That is true. Yes. So what, what were you thinking or what were some of the things that you kind of had to deal with or combat, like navigating this territory? Well, your kids are really great. Um, mm -hmm. I think most of the issues that I had were probably, uh, internal, just like in my own head. I wanted to make sure that I didn't uh, inject myself into their lives too much, that I kind of like just kind of be, I was basically that I was somebody that was around and that they could get comfortable with, but I didn't want to like force a relationship. So we kind of went through that interim time. And as I said, you know, I kind of had to navigate with you. I would see you a lot the weeks I didn't have the kids when I did have the kids you know, I would talk to you, obviously, but um, if I saw you, it only would be, like, lunchtime. You know, I wasn't taking, like, nights away from the kids um, to see you. So that was kind of lopsided and weird, I know, especially at first. Um, so we get to a point where we decide that, okay, Mike is going to meet the kids. This is, this is, like, a good time to start this. Um, so we decided we were going to go to Dave and Buster's, which for those of you out of town is like, you know, video arcade restaurant, like shenanigans. And then we were going to go get dinner together. So Ethan and Maggie thoughts about kind of meeting Mike for the first time, like your first date with Mike and kind of what that was all about. Ethan. What, what it was like? I don't know. It was like. Going Dave and Buster's with someone else. I mean, what were your initial impressions of Mike, or what were you thinking? Like, okay, my mom has brought this like random into our experience. Were you feeling protective? Were you feeling critical? Were you feeling positive? Like, what were your thoughts about Mike, or how were you kind of like playing that situation? I I didn't really care. You didn't care. No, not really. You're just along for the ride. Yeah. You've just much. been in a different teenager for four years. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Maggie, thoughts? I don't remember what my first impression was. I just kind of thought, like, oh, it's a person. Cool. Like, I don't think I really understood, like, what was happening. <laughs> well, I will say, in your constant attempt to please everyone... Having met Mike five seconds before, what what was what proposition did you you know give to Mike at your first meeting? Oh right, I asked him at the Taylor Swift concert. Right, so there was a Taylor Swift concert nine months in the future, to which we had an extra ticket, and Maggie, you wanted to um, include Mike in those plans. No pressure, just 
Yeah, just locked you in for nine months with our mother. Right. <laughs> so just Ma- Maggie was feeling from like day number one that it was like a pretty solid thing. Yeah, I don't think I understood that you like could break up. I, I really did not. I still don't know anything about dating. That's good. We're keeping so, it that way. That's why we locked you in the basement. Yeah. September 3rd off for Labor Day. What? <laughs> yes, you have September 3rd off for Labor Day. Thanks for being present in our podcast. Okay, so as we go along, we kind of start to fold Mike like more into our lives. Um, and you guys would spend more time with him and he would be around more. Um, tell me a little bit about how it developed with Mike, like, I don't know, becoming more of a parental figure of sorts. Was it weird to kind of like fold him into the mix being official, but not official? Or how do you kind of think of your relationship with Mike either like then or now, as far as being this like added team member at, at a point in your lives where you guys were, you know, older kids, but not quite teenagers. That's kind of where we were at then. Well, the first time we met him was Dave and Buster's. So I immediately liked, immediately liked him because it meant I got to go to Dave and Buster's. So I, I never really was like weirded out or anything. Cause it's just like another person I can talk their ear off or try to impress and end up embarrassing myself. Mm-hmm. So I never thought it was weird. I just thought, yay, another person. Ethan, you are, I guess, a little harder to warm up to people or kind of bringing people into your life is, you know, Maggie never knows a stranger, but you are very different. So what did you think of us kind of like bringing this person into our lives that was like new, different, you didn't really know kind of what was happening? What were your thoughts on Mike then or now? Drive me more places. Even though I have to do work for it. It makes me do more things. So he he challenges you? <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> and do you think of Mike as like more of a friend or more of a parent or like a hybrid? I like don't know. It changes. It changes? Maybe an enemy. I think that's a really good point, though, because I guess it kind of does depend on the day and the situation. Um, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about that, about developing your relationship with them and, like, feeling like, you know, are you, like, a friend? Are you a parent? Are you, like, the weird uncle? What are your thoughts on that? I've never really thought of myself as a parent to them, per se. I try to do things that they need me to do. Um, They have you and James as parents, and I think that's okay. Um, Sometimes they need a ride. Sometimes they get angry and they need someone to talk to. Sometimes they need me to go away. And sometimes they need an ally. And I think probably they're discounting a little bit, like, how much of an ally Mike can be at times. Is that true, Ethan? Like, maybe? Uh, uh, I mean, if I was Maggie, maybe he could be an ally. I don't know. Maggie, do you, what do you think about that? I'm Mike's favorite. That is true. You, Maggie definitely is Mike's, Mike's favorite by far. I'd say that overall... Um, 
I try to supplement the parenting that you want them to have. If they both need to be in different places at the same time, I try to volunteer to help them get to where they need to go. If you're sick and they need someone to help them with homework, I'd rather be there to do that. I can do things when you're totally fine to do those things as well, but I'd rather just be there to help in any way that I can. And I don't know if you have to put a name to it, but um, I do love them, and I want them to succeed and expand their horizons and grow up to be, you know, very, very tall. Tall. I think we're well on our way to that one, especially for Ethan. Right, Bear? Right. (laughs) All right. So we kind of, we spent, I don't know, a year, I, I can't remember the timeline now, but, you know, time goes by and eventually we get to the point where Mike and I felt like we were at a point in our relationship where we were going to move in together. But again, th- this is like a difficult, monumental decision in any relationship. And then on top of it, I've got these two kids that are my primary concern in life and I have to navigate, you know, we've been this family of three for a couple years. And even though we've folded Mike in and he's become involved, all of a sudden Mike's writing me a note. No, I know when no Mike's Mike's making a timeline of our relationship, which would have been helpful 30 minutes ago, but we're just going to wing it now because that's what we like to do. So we get to the point where we're going to fold the kids into the decision. And I think we really did Babe, do you remember like this process? You and I decided that we wanted to move in together, but we really wanted it to be a collaborative decision um, and really see if the kids were, were okay with the plan. Do you remember like this conversation? I remember having the conversation with, kid, with the kids, kind of like letting, the, letting them know that we were thinking about it and trying to get feedback. Um, I also, like the way I remember it, they also didn't have much of an opinion. They, I think they were cool with it. They they weren't mad about it, but they were, you know, kind of doing their own thing too. Really, because I, I think Maggie, Ethan, do you guys remember when when we talked to you about whether like Mike was going to move in or not? I don't really remember anything. <laughs> like, I. I don't remember any of these conversations. Well, welcome to the podcast of memory deprived people. We just like randomly talk about things we don't recall. So as I recall, when I talked to you guys, cause I talked to you initially cause I thought, Oh gosh, if they're totally not into this and it's a total disaster, then I don't want to hurt Mike's feelings or I don't want them to feel uncomfortable saying no in front of him. I'm pretty sure when I asked you guys, like you were excited and said, Okay, is he moving in this weekend? So, Ethan, do you remember being excited about Mike moving in or like not knowing what you what you didn't know? I didn't really care. <laughs> Ethan Foster doesn't really care. Um I think that when we talked to you guys, it was not going to be an immediate thing and you guys were as soon as I told you, you were like, "Okay, let's do it." I feel like I remember being excited about it. Because, like, at that point, I had accepted Mike. 
We're like, yeah, cool. You bring me food. He had like run the gauntlet and he was yeah. accepted. Cause it's, he, it's easy to, to get my acceptance because you just he have to brought you food. And I think what we've really learned over the past two episodes is that, you know, parents are awfully wrapped up in the emotional concerns of their children as they go through divorce. And really, they're just stuck in like such a, you know, Freudian, self-centered, like id point where all they care about are their immediate needs. And if you're meeting them, that's all they care about. So, okay, it makes sense. All right. Um, Mike, I, I don't know, since apparently no one has any recollection of things occurring like three years ago. Um, what were your concerns? What, what were you worried about kind of like coming into our world and becoming a part of our household? Well, I'd spent a lot of time with you before I moved in, uh, kind of eased into seeing the kids like one day a week and then two days a week. And then, you know, it kind of ramped up into every day. Yeah. It was very gradual. Yeah. Um, uh, selfishly, I think that I was just trying to get myself moved out of where I was at the time and just prepared myself to have less stuff, less, less space. Well, and that's interesting, too, especially, like, you know, if anyone's listening to this who may be in the situation where they're dating someone with kids, they don't have kids, um tell us a little bit about the culture shock of going from like your bachelor pad, which was like nice and big and very like male, male centered with, you know, very sparse decorations, very sparse decorations, very, very much like here's my big TV. Here's my recliner. Here's my video game system. Here's my weights. Like, uh, I'm a dude. And then, you know, you have your nice sports car, you, like, you were living a very nice life. So tell me about the transition to the four-bedroom house in the suburbs with the two children, the dog and the cat, the backyard to mow. I had to, you know, move my truck to storage, which, which was traumatic. <laughs> your, your second car, because yeah. you, you have to have the truck, but that you, you have to have your sports car to, like, drive normally. It was also um, a bit alarming that I would get crap from the kids about drinking soda for breakfast. Right. So that, you know, that's interesting too, is, you know, the bachelor life, like you can drink soda for breakfast. There are no rules. Yeah. There are no rules. You can just order pizza every night. And, um, all of a sudden you come to our house and tell us about eating vegetables for the first time. And, and, and I don't just mean eating vegetables for the first time, but like being held accountable for like being a role model. Well, I tried to factor that into my interactions with the kids. I was, like, very conscious of setting a good example wherever I could. Um, partly because it's embarrassing to be, like, a 34-year-old dude that doesn't eat vegetables. But um, just because there are people looking at you that are forming, you know, their personalities and, and you know, have to look up to you because you're taller than them. So, um, yeah, that was... Being held accountable, even subconsciously, was a big change because nobody was really looking before. Except your mom. Except my mom. I like that people are looking because it, it held me accountable uh, more than I was before. Uh, but yeah, like it was definitely different. 
and something that made me change some things in my life. And we still joke about that. Like sometimes when you're doing like a super dad suburban thing, I have a minivan. You, that's we're that's like several episodes in the future. Like Mike has to give up sports car for minivan. Like I have never seen a more sympathetic character than the Honda salesman who was like, "You're trading in your Audi for this minivan. I'm so sorry." And I'm like, "Shut up, dude." Um, okay. So Mike moves in and then, you know, obviously at that point, like our dating life is pretty intense, pretty serious. Um, Ethan and Maggie, did you have any thoughts about, like, like you said, Maggie, like you're not like a super connoisseur of dating and we intend to keep it that way, but any thoughts about, you know, here you are, two children of divorce. Did you have any concerns about me getting into this serious relationship? Was it a conscious thought for you? Like, eh, mom and Mike could break up. Like, I don't really want to get too into this or I'm concerned about this. Or uh, did any of those thoughts enter into your mind at any point? I don't think it ever occurred to me that you guys could possibly break up at some point in the future. Like, I didn't, like ever ever think of that because i just thought mom has a boyfriend great we're done here (laughs) okay so that's good to know because i i know for me it was a concern and i think any parent would be concerned like i don't want to traumatize my child if i bring this person into their lives i've already traumatized them once i think i think you feel a lot of pressure as a parent that's dating because you've already majorly screwed up one relationship and like thrown the kids for a loop and you feel a lot of pressure for that next relationship to succeed, especially if you're involving them and putting that person in their lives because you don't want to re-traumatize them, but you also you know, have to figure out at some point when you're going to fold this person into your life. And Because for me, it was very much, it was a weird dichotomy of for that, for that time before you guys met Mike or really even after you met him, but he wasn't like fully integrated. It, you know, I felt like I was almost leading two different lives because everything wasn't kind of like enmeshed together. Ethan, I'm going to assume, I know the answer to your question, but did you have any concerns about forming a relationship with Mike or maintaining a relationship with him? Was it a conscious thought like, Oh gosh, mom's a mess with men. This is just going to be another disaster. I'm not even talking to this guy. What were your thoughts on that? Man, these are such complicated questions. Uh, can we just, like, invite Louie down here? Louie's asleep. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, uh, what, forming a relationship with him? Yeah, like, did you have any concerns or, like, did you not want to get close to him because you are like, ah, mom's just going to screw this one up? Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really care. Ethan, that can't be the answer to every question. That's how I go through life. I don't care. So if Mike was, like, gone tomorrow, you wouldn't care? I mean, he couldn't drive me places. Ethan. What? I mean, and I couldn't see Mama Joe. Papa <laughs> so it's nice having an additional set of grandparents. Yes. So other than driving you places and Mama Joe and Papa Lou, you wouldn't mind if Mike was gone? Mama, why are you asking me these complicated <laughs> questions? Maggie, can you answer for me? Because we're on a podcast trying to, like, 
conversation start difficult topics. I, like that's the whole purpose of our podcast. Maggie, do you have any other thoughts on on this particular topic? No. Does anyone want to play poker? Mike does, but we're doing a podcast right now. Okay. All right. So um, we are winding down towards uh, coming to the end of our half hour, but just to kind of kind of wrap things up in a neat little bow, because as I said before, the spoiler to this story is that Mike and I got married. We got to the point where Mike and I decided that we were going to get married. Um, and then Ethan and Maggie at that point, I'm assuming you kind of realized like, okay, so this is happening. Like we have to keep Mike forever. I didn't um, know that. <laughs> I thought this wasn't permanent, mama. Ethan. So um, what were your thoughts about kind of at the end of this dating cycle, the end result being that, that Mike and I were going to get married. Um, you were going to have a stepdad. You're going to have this third parent. Um, we were going to have a wedding. Ethan, Maggie, any thoughts on making, making Mike permanent? I was excited for the wedding and I was like excited. You guys were getting married because it basically meant like Mike was staying forever and more food would follow. So. That's all she thinks about Mama. Ethan, what were your Ethan, what were your thoughts on acquiring a third parent? Um, I mean I mean I guess it was epic. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really care. I just I was more focusing on the fact I would have to go to a wedding. And wear a suit and Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry we've traumatized you. Did you have any, either of you have any thoughts on um, what this meant for your mom? Were you happy for her? Were you scared for her? Sure. Sure. That's your thoughts. It's going to make her happy. I was happy for mama just because, like, now she wouldn't have to be alone whenever we left. So, yay. Thanks, baby. Ethan, did, did you think at all about me or kind of what I was doing on the off weeks when I weren't, wasn't with you or was that a thought? <laughs> Mama, I had a real, I only think about myself. Well, that's an honest answer. Um, what? Mike, I know it was like a lot that you were taking on this whole family and the kids and everything. What were your thoughts about thoughts or concerns about becoming a permanent member of the family and and kind of taking on everything that, that you were taking on? I think as adults uh, in our 30s, being in a relationship, you typically you live together. You figure out if you're going to work long term before you actually get married. Uh, mar- marriage and after marriage... I think is typically a continuation of that journey. I wasn't worried about what the wedding day would do to us or being like legally tied in that way. Um, I just wanted to do a good job in helping you to raise this family and being a part of this household. And Ethan had um, mentioned something about um, Muhammad Joe and Papalu, who are Mike's parents. Um, so, so adding in 
them as part of the family, Ethan or Maggie kind of bumping that out, what else have you gained uh, as a part of us kind of folding Mike into the mix? We've gained two more grandparents and then another aunt and uncle and then two more cousins and a bunch of animals. We can do without them. And, and do you feel like this has enriched your life? Do you, has this been like a good addition? Is this complicated? Does this make your life difficult as far as kind of navigating family and holidays or do you kind of like the additions i like the additions and i think i enriched julian emmett's no i've enriched julian's life emmett doesn't like me but it's okay emma doesn't like me either <laughs> ethan uh, like honestly speaking because i know that you love mama joe and papa lou like would you like to say anything nice about your extended family you've acquired through mike Oh man! Say say something nice. You can do it. Um, but into the microphone. Say, good at this, Mama. It's okay. Can Maggie just answer again? No, you can answer. Maggie, don't say. Just say nice words. Uh, nice word. (laughs) All right, Mike. Any other thoughts about? Um, because we talked a lot about what was going on on our end as far as like folding you into the mix and and bringing you into the existing insanity. Any other thoughts for someone who is navigating this, especially someone who doesn't already have kids, who is getting into a relationship with someone who has children, who has a lot of baggage, and who, I mean, the way I see it is you very much had to like kind of take everything on my terms, The and there was not a lot of flexibility or room for negotiation it was kind of like take it or leave it and and you had to kind of take a lot on yeah i think overall uh if you and your partner align values wise uh and you're having you know you're open about the communication around like how you want to introduce yourself or how your partner wants you to be introduced into the family long story short if you are open with your partner about what you want your role to be or what your role is or if your role should expand, just be open about that. Uh, be open if you're not comfortable with a situation or two. Be comfortable talking to your partner about what values that, you want, that, that they want you to express to their children and making sure that they align with your current values as well. I love you. I love you too. Um, <laughs> Ethan and Maggie, uh, closing out. Any other thoughts? Uh, since really our initial topic was, you know, parents dating after divorce. Any other pointers, suggestions, uh, either to say to parents who are starting on this road, or to kids who suddenly find out, like, ooh, weird, my my mom or dad is going on dates. Any tips, tricks, concerns for for either parties that are kind of starting on this journey? Stop kissing. Yeah. I you guys definitely do hate affection or like seeing your parent being affectionate and I like I totally understand that, I but <laughs> every situation is going to be different. Like I walked into basically a 9-year-old and a 10-year-old or maybe it was a 10-year-old and 11-year-old. 9 and 10. Yeah, 9 and 10. Uh, so 
each family configuration that is kind of forming itself at any given time is going to be different. So there's going to be different concerns uh, in each situation. There's not going to be like a playbook that's universal. Um, yeah, so just going back to being open to communicating with your partner about what the roles should be and trying to have that open relationship with your kids to you know, be able to say whatever they want to say, I think is also very important. And I think on, on that page too, I tried as very, uh, as much as I could to include the kids. So, Hey, you know, I've been dating this person for long enough that I think I want to introduce them to you. Is that something you're interested in? Like I, I never tried to force anything on them. I tried to say, Hey, I'm at the point where I'm ready to introduce you to Mike, but is that something you guys want to do? Because if they had said like, eh, no, we're not interested, then I would have put it on the table. And I think we even talked about this. I said, Hey, I'm going to talk to the kids about whether they want to meet you because you and I had decided like we were comfortable with that. And I said, I don't know how they're going to take this. If they're not into it, then we'll like table it for another month. And then we did the same thing when we decided that we wanted to move in together. Okay, I'm going to talk to the kids about this. If they're totally not into it, then what's the timeline for us to like put this on the back burner and try again or, or how are we going to navigate it? Now, luckily they were, you know, cool with everything. And as Ethan likes to tell us five times in every podcast, I don't care, whatever. Sorry you ask me hard questions. <laughs> I don't but, care about um, I think just trying as much as is age appropriate and realizing that, you know, it's still your life and you're still the parent and you're in charge, trying to involve them in conversations so they don't feel like things are being foisted upon them. Mike, any other thoughts about this crazy journey you've been on for the past four years, which is like kind of regulated, like, you know, we've kind of gotten to like a pretty decent plateau. We're just a typical family at this point where we're just doing like the day to day and trying to get everybody to where they want to be. But thoughts about when we were kind of ramping up. There's two different people uh, in this relationship and both of you are going through changes at any given time. So uh, just be tolerant of the other person. You're getting to know them at the same time that you're getting to know their family. So um, if you're overwhelmed, say so and then talk about it. Well, and again, that's another good perspective in that, as usual, and as has always been the case, I am so focused on how it affects the kids and what's going on with the kids that it didn't occur to me to like focus or think about or talk about like, oh, these two people are in a relationship and what's like difficult about that or what is, what is challenging about that. So good job, as always. A lot of perspectives. Yeah, a lot of perspectives. Well, three perspectives and then Ethan doesn't care about anything. So I don't. That's a perspective. All right. Well, that's about all we have time for today. I want to thank Mike for coming in and jumping on the mic for the first time. Um, as always, you can catch us on Facebook. It talks with my kids as well as Instagram. Uh, one day I absolutely am going to get on the Twitter, but um, I'm a little exhausted right now from others on Twitter. Like so <laughs> no, not you. You're not the one I'm talking about. Um, so we'll get there eventually. Um, but in the meantime, catch us on Facebook and Instagram. Feel free to comment or message us with any suggestions for future episodes. So again, thanks for listening and we will talk to you next time. Bye.